Hey everyone, we are here, New Hope Radio, and I wrap up the week with you today. We had a pretty good week. I'm glad you are with us as often as you were able to be. Love studying the Word of God together. And um, we are here today. We're going to talk today, obviously, about the Lord Jesus. Best topic in the world, right? Come on. What's that better to talk about than Jesus himself? And we're going to see him in action. Oh, yeah. He's going to do what he does best. Heal. He's going to bring healing to people because that's what he does. By the way, I want to remind you, uh, New Hope Radio, beginning February 2nd, that's a Tuesday, we're going to start our own YouTube channel. We're going off Facebook. Uh, YouTube is a better platform for what we do. That's the reason. It's a better platform. We can archive our messages. We can categorize them a lot better. We can do more with it. So we want you to come on over, join us. We've got hundreds of followers on Facebook. We want you to come over to YouTube. Very easy. Go to our website, newhopecc.tv. Click on the media button and click on New Hope Radio. And then click the microphone icon and boom, you're there. And be a follower and you'll get notifications. And uh, we'll be on YouTube together. Every Tuesday through Friday, live. And we'll be archived as well. By the way, get your friends to listen. You know why? Because you care about them. And you want them to hear the good news of the Word of God. Because God's Word is good news. Oh, yeah. It's good news to those that know Jesus Christ. And that's what you want for all your friends. I know that. I know that. Because that's what I want for my friends. Sometimes it's a little tough, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Trying to break through. Pray, Holy Spirit, break through. Help them to see like we're gonna talk about today, helping people to see, most important thing, is that we can see spiritually. Oh, that's the big one. Oh, you've heard it. I once was blind, but now I see. You've sung that song many times, right? Now, the first line is true for all people. I once was blind. Everybody starts off that way. The second part is true only of some. But now I see. We wish it was true for everybody, but it's only true for some. Everyone is born blind spiritually. We know that. Everyone. And then there are some, when they hear the gospel, their ears perk up. Their heart comes alive, and they receive a healing of their spiritual blindness. And man, now you can see. What do you see? You see what life is all about more than ever before. You see God in a way like you've never, ever seen him before. That's why it's so important to have that spiritual eyesight. So if everybody that's listening to our program today and everybody that's not, we've all been born spiritually blind. Every single one of us. But the good news is that Christ wants to heal. And Christ wants to bring spiritual eyesight to your soul. So let's pick up our account 
We're going to be in, um, oh, we're in John chapter 9, going through the Gospel of John. And in verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Now, people had some strange beliefs in those days. The rabbis developed the principle that there is no death without sin. There is no suffering without iniquity. And they were even capable of thinking that a child could sin in the womb. (laughs) And that its soul might have sinned in a pre-existent state. Man, that's really pushing it, isn't it? They also held that terrible punishments came on certain people because of the sins of their parents. Hmm. Well, as the next verse shows, Jesus plainly contradicts these beliefs. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he'd be born blind. See, they believe that, hey, maybe the parents sinned and this was a judgment. Maybe he sinned and this was a judgment. Maybe he sinned in the womb and this was a judgment. I don't know. Jesus, tell us. Because the Jews connected suffering with sin. They did. And they believed that where there was suffering, sin must be the cause. So Jesus gives the answer. And he said, It was neither that this man sinned, nor his parents. It was that the works of God might be displayed in him. Why was this guy born blind? That the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, this is really interesting. When John writes, he writes from a different point of view than the other gospel writers. Mark wrote differently. Mark said, when Jesus saw the hungry crowd, he looked on them with compassion. Matthew said, Jesus said, I feel compassion for the people, for they remained with me three days and they have nothing to eat. Luke recorded that Jesus saw a woman at her son's funeral and felt compassion for her and raised the boy. So John, he comes from a different direction. John focuses on the glory of God. See, the gospel writers give Jesus a compassionate and glorifying to God presentation. John presents a good model for every believer today. Focus on the glory of God. It didn't say Jesus had compassion. It says says that God's glory is what's at stake here. William Barclay is a writer I like to read. He lived in, he wrote like I think in the early 1900s. And he said, affection, sorrow, pain, disappointment, and loss are always opportunities for displaying God's grace. In other words, we need to take the negative things in life and turn them into a positive. How do you turn them into a positive? You focus on the glory of God. You know, it's said that when an old saint was dying in agony of pain, he sent for his family, and he said to them, Come and see how a Christian can die. Wow. Come and see how a Christian can die. Now, granted, following 
Christ teaches us how to live. But it also teaches us how to die. And in both of them, you know what? We are to give glory to God. In the way that we live, we should give glory to God. And in the way that we die, we should give glory to God. Why? Because we know the truth. What did Jesus say about truth? Set you free. If you know the truth, live in the truth. And let the truth set you free. Okay? How important is that? There's where the Word of God comes alive inside of you. It is alive and powerful. Let it come alive in you. So Jesus said, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. It was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus talks about time as an opportunity to do good things. He said in verse 4, We must work the works of God, or the works of him who sent me, as long as it is day. You know why? Night is coming when no one can work. So not only Jesus, but his disciples share with him the responsibility of doing what God wants to do. Because what did Jesus say? We must work the works of him who sent me. Jesus isn't saying, I got this, don't worry, I'm the only one that can do this. No, he's saying we as the people of God are to work the works of God. So we do it while it's day because night is coming. When Jesus, the light of the world, is taken away in death, then night has arrived. So we look at day as opportunity. We look at day as life. And we look at night as the end of life. The daytime speaks of your life, the opportunity that you have. The night speaks of the end of your life. Some people say, well, what time is it in your life? Is it noontime? Are you halfway there? Is it three o'clock in the afternoon? You're on the back nine? Is it six in the evening? Oh, is it the 11th hour? 11th hour, you've only got an hour left. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, he's probably seeing the sun begin to set, saying the day is declining. The sun is past high noon, beginning to set. And you know what? In six months, he knows he's going to be killed. Jesus knows on that day, six months from then, he's going to be crucified. He knows that. Wow. For those of you that are in the sunset of your life, has your perspective changed at least somewhat? I think as we get older, right, don't we seem to value life more? We value time more? When we're young, you know, we think we'll live forever. And then as we get older, we see the clock ticking, the pages of the calendar turning, the hair is thinning, turning gray, and we start realizing, ooh, the game's almost over. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 20, the glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. Hmm. The young flash their strength. The old flash their wisdom. See, God makes a connection between old age, gray hair, and wisdom. In God's mind, it's like the older we get and the grayer we get, the wiser we should get. I know, we know there are some 
older, gray-haired people. They're not too wise. They haven't utilized time properly to get wisdom. And we know wisdom comes from the Word of God. Here are some observations of time that were made by some men of wisdom. Here's what people said about time. Time flies, but remember, you are the navigator. Hmm. I like that. In other words, we determine what we're going to do with our time. You can spend it. You can invest it. You can waste it. Three things. If you spend it, you're not going to have much to show for it. If you invest it, you'll get something back. If you waste it, forget about it. Doreen said, definitely, days seem more precious as I get older. I agree. I agree. I agree. Time, we, we value the days more. We value the time more. One person said, his name was Charles Burton. He said, no, not Richard Burton, Charles Burton. He said, you'll never find time for anything. If you want time, you must make it. Isn't that true? you got to make the time for the things that are important, for the things that you want to do. Everybody says, I don't have time for this and that. you got to make time. I don't have time to spend with God. you got to make time. I don't have time to be a helper. you got to make time. I don't have time to, to make sure my health is good. you got to make time. We're the navigators of our time. Janine said, I'm working on it. <laughs> we all are, I hope. Another man named William Penn Chesterfield. He said, Time is what we want the most, but what we use the worst. Man, ain't that the truth, huh? It's what we want the most, but what we use the worst. Hmm. Somebody said, Know the value of time. Snatch, seize, and enjoy every minute of it. Sometimes we waste time by what? Here it comes, worrying. Worrying wastes our time. And you know why? Doesn't do anything productive. Doesn't help. Doesn't get the job done. So that's one way to waste your time. So Jesus is saying, use it the best you can for the glory of God. Because life and death for the believer is about God's glory. Don't forget that. He said in verse 5, While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So he's saying, Okay, the opportunity is here. It's in me. But when I'm gone, guess what? You guys got to take over. Now in verse 6, we have what I call the magical spit. Wow. When he had said this, he spit on the ground. And he made clay of the spittle. And he applied the clay to the man's eyes. Wow. You won't get that at CVS. <laughs> Walgreens. Hey, can I have a box of clay with spittle? I got some eye problems here. No. Jesus, the great physician, he knows what to do. Why did he do that? You know why? The ancients believed that saliva held some curative qualities. And many ancient writings hold the use of saliva and healing or trying to heal people, right? Did you ever, ever bang your finger and what do you do with it? You, ever, you stick it in your ear? No, you put it in your mouth. 
Why? It's just like this reaction. Do we think subconsciously, oh, my saliva will help my finger? You know, you burn it, you cut it, you smash it, you scratch it. You don't stick it in your ear. You put it in your mouth. It's like an inbred thing that we do. Maybe Jesus is showing us that medical treatments and the power of God are often the paths of healing. See, Jesus could have just said, be healed. But he created, call it what you want. I'll call it a medication. Saliva and clay. And maybe that's a message to people that, you know what? I don't need a doctor. God will heal me. Well, wait a minute. God gave doctors. It's foolish. You know, Jesus said, don't tempt God. And when we don't do what we can to help our bodies, I believe we're tempting God. We're putting God to the test. You don't tempt God when he's provided for us medicines, doctors. We have wonderful equipment that can help detect sicknesses and cancers and things. You don't neglect that. You don't walk away and say, oh, God, I don't believe in doctors and I don't believe. No, that's not. That's not Bible. And I'm going to use this example right here to demonstrate that where Jesus created his own little medicine. Now, yeah, there were times he just said it and boom, it happened. But here's an instance where he didn't just say it. He created something. He created a little potion and he put it in the guy's eyes. And even then it wasn't healed. He said to him, now go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated scent. Hmm. He went away and washed and came back seeing. It worked. Now, what do you mean the pool was called scent? Well, the reason that they translated it scent because this reservoir, this pool was dug by hand and a conduit was dug to bring water. So they were like sending the water to the pool. So they just called it, you know, the one that's sent. Doreen said, interesting lesson on why Jesus used his saliva. Thank you. I think it is. I think it's important to study. Here it comes. Everything Jesus did. Don't skim over stuff and take things for granted because some of the smallest things have the weightiest meaning. They have the greatest meaning. And sometimes, you know, I listen to preachers read the Bible when they're preaching and they just run through it like they're in a race. Oh man, no. You know what I say? Savor every word. Because every word is the word of God. Don't, what's the rush? Don't read the Bible as if it has no substance and no meaning. Don't read it as if it's like an essay you have to hurry up and get through. Savor every word. It's the word of God. Give it what it's due. Don't rush through it. Oh, I hear these guys and they, they, they run through the scriptures and then they close the book and they babble on for an hour. That's not teaching the word of God. Teach every word. So now when this happened, verse 8, therefore the neighbors and all those who previously saw him as a beggar, they were saying, is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, yes, it's him. Others were saying, I like this crowd. No, it's not him, but he looks like him. <laughs> no, it's not him, but he looks like him. 
And, and the poor guy, he kept saying, no, I'm the one. No, it's me. Look, it's me. I'm the one that used to sit right over there. Couldn't see a thing. Put out my little cup, hoping people would put coins in it. And Jesus came by. Oh, Jesus spit on the ground, made some clay, put it in my eyes. He said, go to the pool, wash up. And I did. Now I, I once was blind. And now I see. Wow, I love this story. See, in a way, we're all like that blind man. As a matter of fact, in the, in the book of Revelation, John gave the church of Sadis a warning. Know what he said for them? You know what he said? Revelation 3.17. He said, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor, uh-oh, and blind and naked. See, they were blind and didn't know it. And they had all these spiritual defects. But they didn't know it. That's what happens. When you're spiritually blind, you don't know what's wrong. You don't know you need a Savior. You don't know you're not right with God. Religious people think they're right with God. But if they're spiritually blind and religious, they're not right with God. It takes having Christ to be right with God. Doreen said, thank you for taking time on each word of God. I'm still learning. So am I, Doreen. I'm learning right along with you and everybody else. When I study, I'm a couple of days ahead of everybody. Everybody, I love every word. Every word is important. So they were saying to him, how were your eyes opened? He said, the man called Jesus. He made clay, anointed my eyes. He said, go wash in the pool. I went. Now I can see. I wonder what the message is today. You think I can spin a message out of this? Something a little more contemporary? I'm going to try. At the risk of being heretical. Spit. Saliva. It comes out of the mouth. Right? Obviously. Comes out of the mouth. It's symbolic of the Word of God. Because what is the Word of God but that which is spoken? Clay is what the original man was made from. Adam, right? Made from clay. So therefore, when you add the Word of God to the man, he can see. And until the Word of God is added to his life, he remains spiritually blind. That's what we do. We combine God's Word with man's soul. And man can see. I'd like to leave you with four stages of visual disability. Number one, totally blind, can't see at all. Number two, nearsighted, can only see what concerns you. Hmm. But you cannot see the big picture. Three, farsighted, you can see the distance, but you're unaware of your own self. Isn't that, don't these things make us up? 
Number four, perfect vision. You can see up close and far away. See, that's the key. This is how we want to see. We've got people that they can't see anything. They have no clue about life. They're just going through life and they're going to die and think they're going to go on the ground and be worm food. And that's it. Totally blind. Then you've got others, they're nearsighted. They only can see what concerns them. Not interested in anything else, just them. Then you've got those that are farsighted. They, they, they're concerned with others and what's in the distance, but they're unaware of their own self. They have no self-awareness. And then you've got perfect vision. You can see everything. You can see up close. You can see yourself. You can see far away. You can see the big picture. You can see who you are and how you're acting. And everybody else is in view as well. So which one of these depicts you? Well, I could ask myself, which one depicts me? To be honest, I probably vacillate between all of them. Sometimes I see the big picture, but I don't see me. Sometimes I see me, but I don't see others. Sometimes I get it right. But thankfully, I'm not totally blind, because I've got the Holy Spirit. And if you've got the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you what, you've got a good start. You're heading in the right direction. What we want to have is perfect vision. We have a self-awareness, and we also have an awareness of everything else that's going on around us. That's what's important. An awareness of everything that's going on around us. Hey, in our closing minutes, let me give you, let me get something here. I want to remind you again about where we're going with uh, New Hope Radio because in the beginning, some folks might not be tuned in. But I want you to I want you to remember, very important, uh, beginning February 2nd, we're not going to be on Facebook, we're going to be on YouTube. And well, of course, we're going to be on WARV. <laughs> of course, we're going to do that. And um, as long as we can pay our bill, and we're doing pretty good. And I want to thank everybody in the Hope Club. Because you know what? You're making it happen. The Hope Club is paying our radio bill. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's a miracle. And we're always looking for new clubbers. We really are. We're looking for new clubbers because, you know, sometimes people come and go. So join the Hope Club. But um, February 2nd, we're going to be on YouTube. Not going to be on Facebook. So go to newhopecc.tv. Do that. Um, click Media. Click New Hope Radio. Click uh, the microphone. And be a follower, and you'll be ready. You'll be ready to get the notifications and ready to go. And I'm out of time. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.